We have many, many studies that suggest that the uh, limits we assume are real are artificial and that we don't have to accept them. That's Dr. Ellen Langer. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Friday. I appreciate you joining me today as we have a brand new featured speaker, author, and Harvard professor, Ellen Langer, on the show. And today, she is here to talk about the mind-body connection and to share one of her groundbreaking experiments that illustrates the power of the mind and what it can do to influence our biology. Here's Dr. Ellen Langer. Enjoy. I want to switch gears. I've got so much. I've got 40 years of research I want to tell you. I asked Andrew. He said no. I said we should extend this another few days, but he wouldn't let it happen. So I want to switch to an appreciation of some of this work in the context of health. And I want to ask, why are we so sure that we can't improve vision beyond 2020, think ourselves thin, reverse virtually all brain damage, or whatever you can come up with that you think we can't do? And I want to suggest that possibility opens up for us when we understand the very real difference between uncontrollable and indeterminate. There is no science not physics, biology, psychology, that can prove uncontrollability. All we can say is that we don't yet know how to do it. And that makes it a little easier to go forward in the face of very, other, very little motivation to try something brand new. For virtually all chronic illnesses, there are moments of no symptoms. Do you still have the disease if you don't have the tumor anymore? All right. What causes the symptoms to go into spontaneous remission? How do placebos work? And placebos, a doctor gives you a pill, which happens far more frequently than most people realize. That inner drug cures you. Well, clearly it's not the pill. You're doing it yourself. And part of my life's work is to find the ways to return this control directly to us rather than have to go through that sham. All right. Um, Biological theories, the medical world can't explain these things. And I want to suggest a simple explanation, a psychological explanation that can. So you don't find it, don't dismiss it out of hand. All research passes through three phases. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. And third, it's accepted as self-evident, Schopenhauer. Einstein said, if at first an idea isn't absurd, then there's no hope for it. So this idea is so simple. There's the mind-body problem, which I'm sure you've heard about one way or the other. And the question is, how do you get from this fuzzy thing called a thought to something material called a body? And this has held up progress, I think, for quite some time. 
I want to argue that mind and body are just words. And if we put them back together, then wherever we're putting the mind, we're necessarily putting the body. Now I want to tell you about a few studies uh, that will seem extreme to you that test this idea. And the first one we did quite some time ago, we were going to take old, old men was the first study, to a timeless retreat and have them live as if they were younger. We're going to put their mind in a younger place. All right, now, these were 80-year-old men, but this was when 80 was 80, not the new 60. I mean, no, really, they were old. I, when I'm sitting in my office, I'm sitting in my office and they're coming down the hall and I keep saying to myself, why am I doing this? I didn't know if they were gonna live through the day, no less the week, okay? It's important to put it in context. Okay, so they're going, to spend, <laughs> they're going to spend the time surrounded by props from the past, speaking of the past in the present tense, watching movies from the past, but again, as if now, then was now. Okay, so let's take you back to 1959. Okay, now, um, the comparison group was going to spend the same amount of time in the same retreat, surrounded by the same props, discussing the same things. However, for them, they were going to be reminiscing for the week. But something happened on the way to the retreat. And this, this happened a long time ago. This wasn't um, part of the experiment. It was part of my laziness, part of my uh, being a chauvinist at the time. I don't know. All I know is that I'm on the bus with these guys and eight large suitcases, and my male graduate students aren't there. When we get to the retreat, I say to them, you're in charge of your own suitcase. I don't care if you unpack it a shirt at a time or move it an inch at a time. Now, this was so drastically different from the way these men had been treated, coddled, overloved, that even this um, control group showed incredible change, but just not as much as the experimental group. When is the last time you heard hearing improve for anybody? Less people in their 80s. Memory, supposed to be only one way downhill. That's well, not what we keep finding. In addition to that, for the experimental group, their vision improved. Their arthritic symptoms were all released, reduced. And we took photographs of everybody at the beginning and then at the end, and they were evaluated by people, again, who knew nothing of the study, as looking younger. Now bring a fast forward. We have these chambermaids. We ask the chambermaids, how much exercise do you get? They say, we don't get any exercise. Well, that's bizarre, that's all they do. If exercise is good for you, they should be healthier than socioeconomic equivalent others. Put that aside. Now we take half of these chambermaids and we teach them that their work is exercise. Remember, we're just trying to change their mindset. So, for example, making a bed is like working on this machine at the gym and so on, okay? The only difference is a change in mindset. We take all sorts of measures. We come back a month later. Are you working any harder? Is she working any harder? Are you eating any differently? And so on. On none of those is there any difference. Now, to make sure you understand what I'm saying, this woman over here in the pink shirt, because she believed she was at the gym all day, even though she wasn't exercising, should lose weight. What do we find? A significant change in weight, a decrease in body mass index, waist to hip ratio, and their blood pressure came down from this change in mindset. Okay, you've all been to the doctor. 
And, and why do we accept this? It's amazing to me. You're going to go to a doctor. He's going to show you letters. How often do you look at letters that make no sense? <clears throat> Usually in black and white. And then in this uh, stressful situation, he's going to tell you how good your vision is. And we buy it. Right? I don't know about you, but if I'm hungry, I can see the restaurant sign quite a distance away. <laughs> Now, something built into this eye chart, if you look at it, I realize, my goodness, the letters get progressively smaller. What that is telling us is soon we're not going to be able to see. <laughs> so what we did, what we did was reverse the eye chart. Now it's telling us soon we will be able to see. And you know what happened? We could see what we couldn't see before. Most of us have the mindset that, you know, about two-thirds of the way down the chart, we're not going to be able to see. So what we did was start the eye chart a third of the way down, making two-thirds of the way down letters that were much smaller. And again, people could see what they couldn't see before. We have many, many studies that suggest that the uh, limits we assume are real are artificial and that we don't have to accept them. All right, the magic lies in being aware of the ways we mindlessly react to social and cultural cues. We need to challenge the idea that the limits we assume are real must exist at all. With only subtle shifts in our thinking, our language, and our expectations, we can begin to change the ingrained behaviors that sap creativity, health, optimism, and vitality from our lives. Improve vision, younger appearance, Weight loss, increased longevity, and of course, increased creativity are just fine, five of the many experimental results that are a consequence of these subtle changes. Okay, very simple. You increase your mindfulness, you're going to increase all aspects, I believe, of your life. You're going to be free to be as creative as all of the speakers before me are hoping you'll become. Thank you. Big Thanks to Dr. Ellen Langer for stopping by. And the experiment that she referenced in her talk has been referenced in several books, including a few New York Times bestselling books like Dr. Joe Dispenza's You Are the Placebo. And her work has also been referenced in a really good book that I just finished reading. And that is entitled The Expectation Effect by David Robson. Great, great read. I highly, highly recommend it. So big thanks again to Ellen Langer for stopping by. Her website is ellenlanger.me. Her Instagram is Ellen J. Langer. Her latest book that was released two, almost three weeks ago is entitled The Mindful Body, Thinking Our Way to Chronic Health. And as always, I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled Ellen Langer, Mindfulness Over Matter. All right, that is a wrap for me. As always, I appreciate you. I hope you have a terrific rest of your day. I hope you have a, a fantastic weekend ahead and I will see you back here Monday. So until then, stay strong. Later.